0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: And away we go, hour number three of our radio program. That's right, it is the Zach Gelb Show. Coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio. The Kansas City Chiefs are your world champions. They also have some cap space available. And the craziest part is... I don't even think they played their best brand of football. And they still found a way to hoist the Lombardi trophy once again. Like the Chiefs won a Super Bowl where in the AFC championship game, their offense was shut out in the second half. And then in the Super Bowl, Mahomes only had one touchdown drive in regulation. And it was still better than everyone else's. So there are times when you're in a dynasty, when there's a year that you win When you don't play your best. But it speaks to the nucleus that you have. And the core that you have. That even when you're not at your best. And even when you're not at your best form of being great. It's still more of a heart of a champion. And still more efficient than when any other team has to offer. So now there's always this thought. When you have multiple guys that have won multiple championships. What do people start to prioritize? Is it winning again in Kansas City? Or is it cashing in in your opportunity that you have to get a big payday? And you can't keep everybody. But someone that you do need to keep for the Chiefs is Chris Jones. This is Chris Jones at the parade yesterday, uh, making it clear that he'll be back. With the kansas city chiefs next season
2: we will be back here next year and for those who want chris jones go i ain't going nowhere baby i will be here this year next year and the year after 3p 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 3p
1: i actually like hearing chris jones because i actually could understand what he was saying unlike Travis Kelsey yesterday and I have no problem being in the bag at a championship parade you should be you should be drunk as a skunk you should be having fun but man Travis Kelsey yesterday was was incoherent I had no clue what Travis Kelsey was tr- I know what he was trying to sing uh, when you hear the song but Travis Kelsey didn't even know what he was trying to say by the way Samter I think we've all got to the stage of life. And I'm the youngest one here. And even I'm at the stage where I can't drink like I once did. You know, my cousin can still drink like an animal. He hit me up last night. He's like, you want to go out in New York City? I'm like, no. I was just in Vegas for a week. I have no desire to drink any alcohol this week. I am falling asleep and hopefully trying to fall asleep rather early. I am not going out. So Travis Kelsey is 34. Stu, how old are you? You're Can I guess? Sure. Don't get offended here. I won't. So I know Stu's older than me. I'm 29. Stu's 33? 32? 32. Okay. So 32, so I was spot on. Samter, you're what, 66? I hate you. (laughs) 45, right? No, 43. 43 you are. And here's the crazy part. I I know Samter's age. I know he's 43. I would have never thought you were actually 43. I know you worked here for a long time, so you could kind of do the math. Uh, that you're rather on the older side, or getting to the older side.
3: Um, you're just digging the hole deeper. I mean, it, first I'm 66. Fun. Now I'm
1: just getting older. No, but seriously, I, I thought you were like 37. That's what I thought. But it's it's 43. And also, you hear Samter talk before the show. You know, Samter has to deal with like real life problems. You know, always in his little one, which is great and adorable, and I love when that happens in the newsroom. But what's going on with this boiler of yours? I've been hearing about this boiler now for for like two stinking weeks. What what has happened with your boiler? I even heard you before the start of the show. I had to tell Samter, hey, Spags needs to change the the uh, the, the appearance on the show from three twenty to three o'clock. And I, like trying to talk to Samter was trying to talk to the president of the United States. I couldn't talk to him. I had to scribble a a a, a note on a piece of paper. And write to Samter, hey, we're six minutes away from the show starting. Spags is coming on at the top of the hour. By the
3: way, we were 20 minutes away from the show starting,
4: but it's okay.
1: And, you know, there's this great new thing called... I don't called, know uh, about that, Stu. Stu. Uh, Stu kind of gave me you, a look.
4: When you came in here, it was more like... Ten? Uh, yeah, like eight or nine minutes. It was like 50-something. <laughs> well, I
1: first went over to you, and you were like, hold on, I'm I'm on the phone. I'm, I'm taking care of this. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's serious. And then after, like, ten more minutes when he's still on the phone, I'm like, all right, let me kind of be like Bill Belichick, where I'm not resigning from from being the HC of CBS Sports Radio, but I'll scribble something on a napkin that says Spags is coming on right at the top of the show. But, but uh, seriously. Yeah, we do have
3: this great invention called a uh, cell phone with text messaging. You were uh, on you should the try phone, though.
1: You were on the phone. You were locked in. I wasn't going to text you there. You probably would have never seen it. You would have got the ding. You'd be like, I'm not talking to this bloviating jackass. I'm
3: going to be honest. You've probably texted me like weeks ago that I still haven't looked at. So, yeah, I, that makes about sense.
1: All right. Well, maybe we'll be looking for a new producer sooner rather than later. <laughs> hey now <laughs> nah that, that all right all right all right all no, right no all right, all right no 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 I I, I like the setup and the, and what we have uh, working here on on this show right now so but what's happening with your boiler like where are we at right now because it's it's a double it's a
3: double whammy so the boiler is a brand new boiler you know like they're supposed to last like 15 years yeah. or so so I mean this is like a, a year and a half to two year old boiler. And, you know, it's just, it keeps having issue after issue, but on top of the boiler having issues, so every, you know, and it's freezing out, it's 39 degrees today, or, no, it was 29 degrees today. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's one thing if the boiler goes down and it's like 50, but it keeps going down when it's like in the 20s and the 30s, so that sucks. But on top of the boiler not working, like in, you know, New York City, everything was built, you know, a long time ago, right? Like This is like, you know, old, you know. Early nineteen hundreds, mm-hmm. late eighteen hundreds. This building is was born. It was built like in nineteen fifteen. The pipes are old. We've replaced some pipes and this and yeah.
1: that, but it's an old building. So it's not like you. It's not like a, a young old.
3: Person. No, no. It's a, it's an old building with like you know you know a replaced hip here or there, or like you know maybe maybe like a, a pacemaker or something. Are we talking about a program director for a second? A, yeah, a I know, seriously, <laughs> holy cow! Uh, and so there's just a lot of like small little things that are just kind of getting older. And the boiler room has this little pit area that some of the water has to get pumped out of by something called a sump pump. And so sometimes the sump pump stops working. Sump pump. And then it floods the entire boiler room. And when it floods the boiler room, it, it knocks out the boiler and knocks out the hot water. And that's what happened wow. twice in the past week. Twice? That the sump pump in the past, like, two weeks, once when I was in Florida Mm -hmm. with the baby and once while we were in Vegas. So not only is it happening, it's happening when I wasn't home. If I was home, I could deal with it. If not... Are you handy? Very.
1: Okay. I can see you being handy.
3: Yeah, so I could do a lot of this stuff... Uh, when I'm there, but having to do it over the phone is another issue. And then it turns out that when we had the plumber come by, that there's an issue with the sump pump that has to be repaired. And so now we're trying to work out the details of how to fix it and all that other well, nonsense.
1: As we discuss, like, is Justin Fields the guy in Chicago? Is this boiler guy the guy for the Samter residence? It seems like the same mistakes are happening over and over and over again. Now, I know a very good boiler guy, the great Pete Morgan at Peerless Boilers, if you do need a boiler guy.
3: So, like I said, the issue isn't as much with the boiler as it is with the flooding of the boiler room, which then impacts the boiler. Okay. So that's not a boiler kind of issue. It's just this drainage issue, and that's a whole other story. You've been uh, clogging
1: up those toilets too
3: but, much But now? we're, we're going to give this plumber one last try. They've done very good work mm-hmm. for a very long time for us, And they give us good prices. However, if this continues to be an issue after this next repair job, then I'll talk to your boys.
1: So Samter is a young 43. Stu is an appropriate 32. And I am uh, 29 years old. Getting back to where I started this. I think we could all agree. At least Stu and I can. I don't know about Samter. Samter, after seeing him in Vegas, he could be a little bit of a party animal. We all can't drink like how we used to drink. So today Travis Kelsey's probably waking up hungover as hungover could be. What is your number 1 go-to hangover helper the next day after a I'm talking about a big night of drinking. Santer, I'll start with you. I feel like you're a big foodie.
3: Gonna be on- Oh, food wise? Yeah. Because usually for me, it's a liquid diet. It's oh. like it's like a Gatorade or some sort of like a vitamin water. Just a lot of hydration and a lot of electrolytes.
1: Bloody Mary for Sam he's about to say. Oh,
3: no, I- I'm gonna be honest. I, and I know Bloody it sounds Marys. ridiculous, but like having a drink or two the morning after a late oh, night of drinking hate it. is oftentimes the best way because what it does is it kind of eases you back into soberness as opposed to just waking up and having to go from like, Hammered to sober in a heartbeat, you give yourself a bloody mary, and you kind of okay, you ease yourself back in, no, I hate and bloody you can mary. ease yourself back out. Uh, but usually, after a long night of drinking, it's more about like Gatorade, vitamin water, water, hydration. That really helps me. Some high quality
1: H two O, and if, and if not, then I'm it.
3: going with like a hand and cheese on a mm. croissant or on a bagel, mm. something nice and greasy with a little <clears throat> bit of protein, something like that.
4: Okay, Stu. Kind of with Mike, I'm going to do a sausage, egg, and cheese on a bagel with hash browns.
3: Oh, sausage. I'm not a sausage guy. Sausage or... Ham, bacon, and <laughs> all for
4: it. Sausage? Get your minds out of the gutter, you dirty... Yeah,
3: of course you're 29. Look at you. Freaking 29-year-old kids. Not a sausage I'm dealing with guy. a bunch of immature Loser. punks over here. I say the word sausage, and immediately, Zach is giggling like a schoolboy. No, I,
1: I was laughing because Stu was laughing, and, and I thought Stu's Don't reaction was funny. Don't blame me for this. This is uh, not my fault. <laughs> it would have been better if you were like, yeah, I am a big sausage guy. hey um, My favorite thing and after new year's i needed some help i did i woke up the next day i was smart when i was drunk i bought a water but i wasn't that smart because i didn't drink the water like i was it was just right on my uh my table in my living room so i got up and i made the pilgrimage to the local bagel shop which is about like seven blocks from my apartment and i'm good usually with the bacon egg and cheese but that day I was looking at the menu. They had a pastrami omelet on a bagel. Um, it was good. I felt like a million bucks after that. But I feel like you need something greasy after the day, after a day of drinking. Now, like, there are a lot of times where you then think you need to eat a lot, and after having a little bit, you're like stuffed uh, quicker than normal. But for for Travis Kelsey, don't you got to go to Jack Stacks today? Like, Stu, Stu knows what I'm doing. Don't you get the fire sure kiss do. wings? Yeah. You get the brisket. You get the delicious French fries there, the mac and cheese as well. Aren't you just holding court at Jack Stacks? That's what I'm doing in Kansas City.
4: You have to. Yeah.
3: yeah, but you don't have that Like, Listen, having, like, a ham, egg, and cheese or.
1: He's also a large man,
3: Travis Yeah, but, like, like, when I'm hungover, I don't have a huge appetite. I want, like, a quick thing that I can have that's greasy, right? Just something quick to just kind of throw into my body. But, like, I don't want, like, a full-on, you know, ribs and brisket and mashed potatoes and mac and cheese. That's just too much when you're hungover.
1: Ma, those ain't no mashed potatoes. One of my favorite movies of all time, uh, Notorious B.I.G., when he has uh, a white substance under his bed, and he was selling that white substance. We are a family... Uh, a, a program, what, what am I trying to, what's the word I'm looking for?
4: PG-13. Uh, no, family-friendly program.
1: Thank you. Family-friendly program. There's a flower, flour? So I won't, uh, whatever sugar? you want to use your imagination. I got it. Little sugar, doo, doo 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 Uh But yeah, the mom threw out the mashed potatoes under his bed, and he was like, Mom, those ain't no mashed potatoes. One of the great movie lines I, I thought of all time. But anyway, um, Travis Kelsey hung over today. Travis Kelsey definitely needed a hangover helper Now when we get back to the Chiefs, Chris Jones wants to return. And when you get into the whole uh, three-peat situation with the Chiefs, it's definitely possible that they could three-peat. They're going to be expected to win the Super Bowl next year. But here's the crazy part. They got a lot of salary cap space. So you got to get Chris Jones done first. And once you get Chris Jones done, then you could go back to the offense that the last two years they haven't had Tyree kill. And even though the offense at times may have slowed down, They still was good enough to win a Lombardi trophy. So do you maybe call up Tennessee and see if you could trade for DeAndre Hopkins? But also when you are in this championship mode, you have guys that want to join you to go win a championship or another championship. Now, I think Mike Evans wants a payday, but will Mike Evans take less to go to Kansas City? Um, Can you maybe get a Tyler Boyd, who is a free agent as well? I don't think this would be a big-time signing, but Kendrick Bourne? Who joined us on Radio Row? Like, that would be a good landing spot for Kansas City. It would be like a minimal increase, but it's still an increase. So guys that are disgruntled and are in the final year of their deals or guys that are free agents, you have to consider Kansas City. And let's say they call up Tennessee. They're like, hey, we'll give you a third-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins in a walk year anyway. I think that for a one-year gamble is worth it. It's 100% worth it. So the Chiefs, what is scary, they could get even better this offseason and be even more of this dominant force where the last two years there's been moments of vulnerability, but still at the end of the year they get into the dance and they find a way to be better than everybody else. So here's the thing, too. If they three-peat, like you look at the Brady-Mahomes argument, if we're allowed to talk about that, uh, the Brady-Mahomes kind of argument, the thing that Brady has, he has seven right now. Mahomes only has three. And not only that, you have a scenario where Brady always has the trump card of, I beat Mahomes in an AFC title game. I beat Mahomes in a Super Bowl. Well, Mahomes could get one over Brady by saying, well, hey, I was the quarterback that won three Super Bowls in a row. Because Brady, as great as he was, did not win three Super Bowls in a row. They won back-to-back in 03-04, Super Bowl 38, Super Bowl 39. They won Super Bowl 51 Brady then threw for 505 yards. They lost Super Bowl 52, and then they bounced back the following year, and they won Super Bowl 53. But that would be enormous when you get into that inane conversation of Brady or Mahomes and what separates them, even though Mahomes would then get his fourth ring and he would still be behind Brady and would still never beat Brady in a Super Bowl or an AFC championship game. Mahomes could then have that unique argument of, well, I am the guy that has three straight super bowls which i think would be important.
3: And it's not just the the Mahomes angle also you start thinking about like the greatest teams in NFL history, right? You think about the 70s Steelers, mm-hmm. the 60s Packers, the 80s, you know, 49ers, the 90s Cowboys, then the Patriots of Steelers, the 2000s. Yeah. Uh if the if the Chiefs win three in a row and four in six years, you might have to start calling them the greatest team in NFL history. Or at least yeah. right right up there. Greatest run you mean? Because I'm g- just talking about like just the greatest team, mm-hmm. the greatest. Because listen, like those 70 Steelers, right? Of course, a few guys moved around, but like it was like that main core.
1: But when you say greatest team, isn't that more individual season? You're just talking about greatest dynasty.
3: I guess greatest dynasty.
1: Yeah, because when I think greatest team, I think like one individual season. But yeah, hey, if they could go win three in a row and then you still, like, either they don't win then four in a row, you're going to say that, and then in the next three years after that, they'll win one more. Um, It's definitely an argument that could be made, but let's see if it it ends up happening. Here's the other thing, as we just saw it with 20 years. Brady went 10 years without winning a Super Bowl, which is crazy looking back at it. But then there was also years, even when Brady was winning, where then there would be another year where, like, finally Peyton Manning would break through. Um, And then you had Drew Brees break through as well. Like, there are a lot of good quarterbacks right now, that have come up short and have been derailed by by Patrick Mahomes, when is the year or two or three that it happens when those guys break through? And we'll see if any of those guys are actually going to be able to do that. Because, you know, Mahomes is the standard right now. Brady was the standard. But then, like, the notch below Brady was Peyton Manning. None of these guys right now in the NFL are Peyton Manning. Like, as great as Joe Burrow is, he's not Manning. As great as Josh Allen is, he's not Manning. Um, Lamar Jackson's not Manning. Like you go around those other guys, like who's going to be the guy that finds a way to break through and look how many more Super Bowls guys could have won. If Brady wasn't in their way, it's kind of the same thing uh, when you're sitting here now with Patrick Mahomes, how many guys are going to get screwed and never win one because of Mahomes. And then how many will eventually break through? We got to take a break here though. On the Zach Gelb show on CBS sports radio, joining us in five minutes. He is the morning host on 95, seven, the game in San Francisco. We'll do a little double dip. We'll talk Niners. We'll talk Warriors with Bonta Hill when we return in five minutes. All right, Zach Gelb shows CBS Sports Radio. Bonta Hill does a phenomenal job at 95.7 The Game as their morning drive host. Also does a bunch of coverage for the Golden State Warriors as well. And he's kind enough to join us right now on the Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio. Bonta, appreciate the time as always. I would ask you how you're doing, but I'm sure you're still... Uh, in mourning after your San Francisco 49ers and Kyle Shanahan blew another big game.
2: Oh, my, Zach. Way to intro that one. Uh, uh, Not only that, the Warriors blew a 15-point lead last night, too. Gave up 44 points in the fourth quarter, so... I'm not well right now. This has been a rough week for you, boy, in every single Bay Area sports fan. <laughs> yeah, I'll get to the
1: Niners in just a second. But since you brought up uh, the Golden State Warriors <laughs> last night, that's kind of karma to Draymond Green. Like, you just get back oh, from oh, the oh. suspension, and then you're picking a fight with Nurkic and Kevin Durant. It's like, just shut up already. Like, just play basketball, please.
2: Yeah, you know, Draymond's going to talk. That's what he does. We kind of love him for that. But sometimes less is more, especially after what's transpired this season, in which, you know, look, there's a blessing to disguise, right? He got suspended. We saw the attention of Jonathan Kaminga because we know Steve Kerr wasn't going to play Jonathan Kaminga if Draymond never gets suspended. So at least we know we have a player there in JK. But you're right. Phoenix happens. He's playing good basketball. All the other stuff just overshadows how well you're playing and how well the team is playing. And then again, he's on the court yesterday for a 30-second violation or 30 seconds in the key. Nobody calls it because he's on the ground holding his head or whatnot. So, yeah, it, it's it's a lot going on out here in the Bay Area. Draymond Green, we just want to – you know, he's on the edge right now. We know it's just a matter of time maybe before something else happens. You hope that it doesn't. You hope that he learned his lesson. But, you know, the Nurkits and KD stuff is just like, oh, man, do we have to?
1: I know that the report came out the other day that the Warriors, I guess, were trying to get LeBron at the deadline or, or whatever was going on. That was never going to happen via trade, but LeBron could opt out at the end of this year. Uh, what is the percentage of chance, in your opinion, that LeBron ever teams up with Steph and is playing for Golden State?
2: I, I think anything is possible in this league. I mean, I didn't think Kevin Durant would ever be a Golden State Warrior. That happened, and they became the Avengers, and they dominated the league. Um, I didn't think that James Harden could get traded from Houston to Brooklyn or Houston to Brooklyn to Philly and back to L.A. as a clipper. Anything is possible in his league. And if he is a free agent, we know LeBron is very uh, strategic in his moves here. He sees what's going on with the go to state warriors. He's always said, you know, especially over the last two years, I would love to play with Stephen Curry. So where there's smoke, there is fire. That report didn't come out of nowhere. We know clutch sports can control the narrative uh, as well as anybody out there. So I think there's I, I don't want to put a percentage number on it, Zach, but I think it is possible. And the Warriors always love stars. I, one thing I know about Joe Lacob, great owner, right? He, he does what he does with the luxury tax, and with the salaries, he has no problem playing four stars at one time. Joe Lacob is enamored with stars. Peter Guber, the co-owner of the Go to go-to say Warriors, has always said this is entertainment. We're in an entertainment business as well as the sports business, and how entertaining, even at the Age of 40, will LeBron James be playing with Stephen Curry, alongside Stephen Curry, I should say. So there is a chance if he does opt out, Zach. So
1: here's my problem with the Warriors, and it's the biggest reason why Bob Myers walked away. He didn't have the guts to say goodbye to people that he won championships with. And it seems like the Warriors, like what they did with Draymond, they reward people what they did in the past, what they won't do uh, potentially for the present. Like, what's going to happen with the future of Klay Thompson? Because we know Klay is an absolute legend, but I can't go give him a big-time deal this offseason.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I don't think – max money, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I do think Clay will assess the situation and look around – look, I was talking to somebody from the Clippers yesterday in their front office before the game, and they they said, what's the deal with Clay Thompson? I said, look, man, he's having career lows, shooting from three from the field. His minutes are getting reduced. He's just not the same player. And you hate it because he was – at the height of his powers in 2019 – and to miss 941 days and go through all that rehab, 941 days of missing basketball. I mean, that's tough for a guy who lives in the gym. With that said, other teams still value his shooting. This league values shooting. Um, I still, You still watch the games, and teams are saying, "No, what, we're not going to allow him to get any airspace. We're still going to guard him like he's prime Klay Thompson. There will be a contender if the Warriors don't give him a deal or give him a short-term two- to three-year deal maybe 20 to $25 million because he is Clay Thompson per year, I do believe there will be a contender who would be willing to pony up that type of money because of the threat of his shot. Look, 37% for a lot of players in this league, they will raise their hands and take that. And that's the truth. There, are How many 33% shooters do we see in this league? 29%. Like Everybody was going crazy over Pascal Siakam. He's shooting 29% for three. And the league that value shooting at an all-time high. So if the Warriors don't give him a short-term deal, which I think they will, and I think Clay would want to stay, there will be a contender in this league that says, we'll take Clay Thompson and a threat of the shot-making ability, especially from the perimeter.
1: Bonta Hill here with us. This is not an in-the-moment take when we get back to the 49ers. I actually defended Shanahan for taking the ball first. But the last few years and I want to be careful when I use this word, I've called him overrated. Now, that's not me saying he sucks, he's awful, he's terrible. I acknowledge he's a top-five coach in football, but people talk about him as if he invented the sport and he keeps on blowing these big games. What has been your view of Shanahan and not only losing another Super Bowl, but then all the other things that he's embarrassed himself with in the last uh, 48, 72 hours?
2: Wow. (laughs) Wow. Boy, I've had a love-hate relationship with Kyle Shanahan. There's people think out here in the Bay Area that think I'm not a Shanahan fan and that I hate him as head coach. Listen, I just assess the situation how the fans do. There's a lot of fans out here in the Bay Area saying, well, he's the next Bill wash man. He's the next Bill Walsh and all this stuff. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're talking about Bill Walsh, the inventor of the West Coast offense, where a team's still running a segment of or a variation of that offense. Let's chill on that. Let him just be George Seifert. How about being Steve Mariucci or, uh, I don't know, Jim Harbaugh? Listen, man, Finnehan is good at his job. He's a good play designer. He does know how to ma- manipulate defenses. And, and, look, I gave him a pass with 28-3 in Atlanta because Dan Quinn's a head coach. He's a defensive guy. Your defense allowed the Patriots to score 25 points, so we can disagree on that one. But in all the big games that the 49ers have lost, the same things have eluded, have come to fruition. Super Bowl 54, clock management right? The trust of a quarterback. If you don't like Jimmy Garoppolo, Zach, tell me why with a minute 49 left in the fourth quarter, three timeouts, the ball at midfield, and Patrick Mahomes on the other sideline, why would you throw four straight passes? Yeah, Why would you even risk Mahomes getting the ball back? So even if Garoppolo hits Emmanuel Sanders with that deep shot, there's still a minute 30 left and Mahomes has the ball. Like, I don't like that situation. 2021, 10-point lead, NFC Championship, LA Rams, you run the fullback dive on third down. You have Trent, Mulsion, uh, Trent Williams motion across the formation with a hobbled ankle. He couldn't even walk that game. But then you punt it. You don't get aggressive. The Rams, they throw one up. to Joukowsky's already drops it. They should get out know, 45 yards with Beckham. Jimmy Ward, unnecessary roughness. Decision-making, clock management, game situation. You get a little timid at times. And then, of course, the Super Bowl. I mean – Where do I start? We talked about the uh, real-time with Shanahan not calling a timeout on second down with Rasheed Rice. It's a minute nine left. You know in the Super Bowl there's a 30-minute halftime. You just scored in real-time at about 4.47 p.m. The Niners didn't touch the ball again until about 5.47 p.m. So when you do get the ball back, with 23 seconds left and you have two timeouts you're not going to throw a couple shots down the field to try to get a field goal to go up two scores and then when you do get an interception from Patrick Mahomes and you set up shop at the Kansas City 44 yard line you throw eight passes as opposed to one run of your first three possessions so we already saw it in real time in the third quarter goal here we go again he's doing it again he's getting tight he's getting away from his bread and butter and so in big game situations he reminds me a lot of Kyle Schottenheimer. Forget Andy Reid in Philadelphia. This is Kyle Schot- uh, Schottenheimer all over again. He just gets tight in his own way, and he calls a conservative game. And You know, Brian Balder, he joins us every week during the football season. He's done it the last four years. He said last week, it's going to come down to Spags and Shanahan. That's the matchup everybody needs to watch. And you know what? Spags was in his hip pocket once again for the second straight Super Bowl between these two teams. So I, I don't think he's overrated, but – there is a conversation out here that I like to have, and people think I'm just a Shanahan hater. Who'd you rather have, McVay or Shanahan? I've oh, seen McVay. McVay thrive in these situations. See, there you go. And and the fact that he's throwing everybody else under the bus, and there, there's all these excuses. I just I don't know if it's going to happen for Shanahan in San Francisco. It feels like he may win a Super Bowl elsewhere.
1: And, and and here's the other thing. Like I could so easily agree with everything you just said, Bonta Hill. Where 28 to three, he's got to run the football more. Um, even that controversial play. Uh, where Chris Jones batted the ball down at the line of scrimmage in the first Super Bowl. There was a thought you should have yep. ran the ball there. Um, mm-hmm. In this Super Bowl, should have ran the ball. But here's the crazy <laughs> part. The guys are actually open when they throw the ball, and this offensive line crumbled. Like, to see what the, the nose tackle uh, for the Chiefs did, and he just threw... Yeah. Uh, Trent Williams on his ass in the third quarter. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. Yeah. And McDuffie on block. Jones uh, must yeah. have been some sort of yeah. error. It's crazy to me how, yeah, they should have ran the ball more, but how that offensive line
2: just got dominated in the Super uh, Bowl. Well, it's just scheming, right? You know Spats is going to blitz. They blitz Lamar Jackson relentlessly. Relentlessly every other play, and that's what they do. And the secret's out on the 49ers. If they blitz him, they force them. And get them out of their timing by bumping the wide receivers. Like, the Cleveland Browns earlier this season laid out the blueprint. We play sticky man coverage, and we're going to be physical, and we're going to disrupt the timing in the West Coast offense. And now what you're going to do? What's your counter? And Shanahan, in these big games, just like the 2021, NFC championship against the Rams, same thing. Eric Weddle played in the box. Literally, Kansas City had like 10 guys within eight yards of the line of scrimmage. They're daring Brock Purdy to throw it deep and beat him with the vertical passing game. And it just feels like Shanahan's vertical passing game is so outdated. It really is. There's no threat of a deep shot, no threat of somebody taking the top off the defense. So, yes, there are guys wide open, but that's by design because they're blitzing everywhere and nobody knows where to pick it up at. Mm -hmm. It's like they're not even prepared for it. And they don't even get me the overtime. I mean, just let's take the two-minute warning, Zach. And you're right. McDuffie's scot-free on the blitz, right? Pass the ball down. You got to kick the field. But Mahomes has another shot. Why not look at that situation as a two-play sequence? Okay, I know Mahomes is on the sideline. There's two minutes left. Run on third, then go for let Let's run the ball on third down, set up a fourth and short, get a first down, and ice the game. Same thing in overtime. That's got to be a two-play sequence. Third and four, run the ball, set up a fourth and short. But instead, you get two balls batted down to Chris Jones to interrupt the play in overtime. It's just bad scheming and bad execution. So, yes, the offensive line did break down. I just think it's bad scheming.
1: They lost this Super Bowl because of their offense. There's no other ways about it the no defense doubt. when you hold Mahomes to one touchdown in regulation it was set up because of the the whole punt situation you needed to distance yourself in the first half they couldn't do it and I know it's not just one moment, but it felt like yesterday that they scapegoated Steve Wilkes, which is crazy oh. because of how great his defense performed in the Super Bowl up until overtime it's like Shanahan he's pointing the finger at everybody else but himself oh we could win big games oh uh, not getting the team prepared for overtime and not knowing the rules didn't uh, impact it and now Steve Wilkes gets fired like Shanahan has no accountability
2: well we saw this coming midway through the season Zach (laughs) so the Minnesota game happens right they lose to Cleveland 1917 first loss of the year mind you the defense gave up 68 points in the first five weeks of the season Everybody was like, we we're having a debate out here in the Bay Area. What unit is better, the offense or the defense? Because they were blowing everybody away. They beat, they lose to Cleveland in 1917, even though Shanahan's clock management in that game left, you, left something to be desired. Three minutes left in that game. You throw three straight passes. 16 seconds, he laps off the clock. Cleveland gets a shot to kick a game with a field goal. It's Shanahan again, but Steve Wilson to the bullet for that one. Minnesota happened. And remember before the half where Jordan Addison caught that long touchdown Steve Wilkes ran a cover zero blitz. Minnesota goes up 16-7. Shanahan undressed Wilkes in front of the entire media. Yeah, I didn't like the call. It was a terrible call. Well, Shanahan, you're the head coach. You got the headset. How about you call a timeout and yeah. blow a dead Say No, 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 no. No zero blitz. So from that moment on, we knew Steve Wilkes would be the scapegoat this year if anything went awry. And even that week after the Minnesota game, they play Cincinnati the next week, got torched. But – Nobody said anything about Brock Purdy throwing two interceptions in the fourth quarter of the Minnesota game or throwing two interceptions uh, in the fourth quarter against today. Actually, one was late in the third quarter. One was in the fourth quarter. Everybody blamed Steve Wolves. And Steve Wolves came out and said, I'm still learning the scheme. This is not my defense. I'm still learning the scheme. So we all knew in the Bay Area, now the national media is catching up to us, but we knew this was Shanahan's defense. He's the real defensive coordinator on this football team. He micromanages everything, including the defense. And so Steve Books is saying, you know, I'm still learning to scheme midway through the year. It was like, wait, what? And by the way, wild. this is unprecedented, Zach. It's wild, right? He couldn't bring any of his assistants over. He basically came here, had to learn a new scheme, and do it with Shanahan's defensive assistance, not his own assistants. Who's an offense? It,
1: right, it, it, exactly. it's wild. It's
2: just, it's wild. So we knew Steve Books would get the Get the scapegoat. Like you said, you hold Mahomes at three points on the first nine possessions of the football game. You hold them to 19 points in regulation. That is good enough to win the game. We all know out here in the Bay Area, it's on Purdy, it's on Shanahan, it's on the offense. It's all on them. The defense played their butts off in that football game.
1: I got 90 seconds left. I made the case earlier. We know Shanahan and Belichick are close. He's trying to get Belichick to be the D.C. I think Belichick will think that's beneath him, and he won't do it. I saw Florio uh, started to speculate Brandon Staley as their next DC, and the moment I heard that, I'm like, "Yep, that's probably who it's go- who it's going to be." Who do you think will be the next DC? I, I,
2: yeah, I mean, Brandon Staley's a good name. I think they may go in-house. They got this guy Holland or Bullock or whatever. I don't even know. He's a DB coach. <laughs> I, I, I do. I'm, I look. I kind of want a scheme change, a three-four guy, and some exotic blitzes because the wide nine has been figured out. Our defense looks so predictable. But with that said. They were third or fourth in the league in opponents' points per game. So I don't think the defense was, think about it. Traveris Ward was an all-pro. Deometer Lenore is a player. We know Jair Brown, the rookie out of Penn State. We got a player there. Trey Greenlaw and Fred Warner had career years. The defensive line didn't show up. And that starts with Nick Bolsa And I think Nick Bolsa quietly went behind the backs of Steve Wilkes. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, the defense, I'm not really filling in. We weren't ready for the RPOs or the zone read that Mahomes ran in overtime late in the fourth quarter. Bosa, I don't want to hear it from you. You got $120 guaranteed. You're playing conditioning. You're playing scheme. Yet I saw you off the field on the final possession of regulation with your hands on your hips. How do you take yourself out of the game in the Super Bowl? So, I don't know who's going to be the D.C., but be careful if you want to be the D.C. under Kyle Shanahan because if anything goes wrong, you will be out of here and you will be scapegoated, no doubt.
1: Bonta Hill, always appreciate the time. He does a sensational job. Morning drive ninety 95.7 The Game. Make sure you send my condolences to your co-host, Joe Shasky, because uh, I know he wears his emotions on the sleeve. And also, uh, ch- check it on my guy, Debo Samuel. Make sure Debo's doing okay for me,
2: all right? Oh, uh, hey, you know what? We, Shasky and I were both hurting. We were walking out of that stadium, Zach, was one of the more depressing walks. But you're tougher. You're, you're tougher than yeah, Joe. Yeah, I, 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 I Maybe a little bit, but... It, I'm not going to lie. Every time I think about the Super Bowl, I get angry and angry as days go by. And Debo Samuel, 11 targets, three catches. Just not good enough, man. Just not good enough.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Bonta, always great to catch up with you. Thanks so much.
2: Anytime, Zach. Take care, buddy.
1: There you go. Bonta Hill joining us. We'll come on back. we got to do a rapid fire Zach Gelb show PSA. Update time first. Here he is, the Ackman, Rich Act. All right. It is the Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio. It is a Thursday. This week is flying on by. It does not feel like it's a Thursday. I thought it was like Wednesday or Tuesday, but it is Thursday. That Guess what that means? Tomorrow's Friday, which is wonderful. I can't wait for Friday. 6 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow and a Friday. I'm going to be feeling pretty, pretty, pretty good. By the way, I watched a new Curb. Uh, first episode, eh. Second episode, pretty, pretty, pretty good. I uh, was a big fan of that. Uh, someone reached out to me, a listener. And they informed me that after hearing our interview with little Dickie, Dave, at the Super Bowl, they binge watched in one weekend all three seasons of Dave. They said the interview was that good. And they actually said to me that little Dicky reminds them of the modern day Larry David. That's where they kind of made the comparison, which I thought was pretty spot on. Because both of those shows, it's funny, but it also makes you like cringe. At the same time, as you see the the funniness unfolding and, like, the moments unfolding.
3: I haven't seen Dave, but I feel like there's only so much cringe humor that my, my soul can handle before I have to, like, walk away. That's why I could never get into Curb. Really? The reason was, like, I would watch an episode... And, like, for me, I like to binge watch, but, like, I couldn't binge Curb because you were so uncomfortable watching each episode that after each episode you have to, like, take a break and, like, emotionally cleanse yourself before you can watch another one. I can't just sit down and watch two, three, four in a row because you just feel so uncomfortable watching
1: it. Yeah, well, yeah, that's why you got to maybe make yourself a cocktail while you watch it or some other performance-enhancing substance. So no, no but, but uncomfortable of, of is uncomfortable.
3: No matter what you are feeling... If you feel that uncomfortable and that like weird, I don't know, you just like, it was the same thing with Seinfeld, but it didn't matter with Seinfeld because back then I wasn't binging it. I would just, I would Watching watch an episode one week and then, you know, you have a full seven days to kind of gather yourself and then boom.
1: All right. It is Thursday. Let's get to a Zach Gilb show. PSA.
2: Morning. 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 It's a Thursday. What do you have to say? It's the weekly Sack Gelb Show PSA. Who's with me? Let's go! Come on! Hey!
1: So I was just reading that Rob Manfred was asked today if this final five-year term will be his last as Major League Baseball commissioner. Thank God the answer's yes. Too bad it can't happen any sooner. So his tenure as commissioner or his disaster as commissioner will end in early 2029. Does anyone give a rat's ass? about Rob Manfred announcing he's going to retire in early 2029. This isn't like Coach K, a legend. This is Rob Manfred, or as my buddy Frank the Tank likes to say from Barstool Sports, Rob Manfred. This dude has been a disgrace. This dude has been an awful, terrible commissioner, and I don't want any celebration or any retirement tour. Here's my PSA. When you're going to retire... Tell me within the year that you're going to retire. Not, oh, I'm retiring five years, uh, you know, five years from now. Just stop with this nonsense. I know he was asked the question, but you're basically begging people to sing your praises. And quite frankly, Rob, there's nothing to give you really credit for. Because you've been terrible. And uh, I know that the commissioner, or I've been told from people close to the commissioner, the commissioner heard some of my rants during the pandemic. And he is not a big fan of your boy, Zach Gelb. So there's my PSA. Don't tell me you're retiring five years from now. Just tell me within a year when you're retiring. Rob Manfred. Yuck. I feel like I just cursed on the radio. I, that should be one of the words you can't say on the radio. Manfred. Ugh, terrible commissioner. What do you got?
3: It actually reminds me of a South Park episode where they list all the different curses, and one of them is me which is like a like a Chinese dish of some sort. And so, like, that's not a curse, and they find out that it actually is a curse word. It's very funny. Uh my PSA kind of goes back to some, something I experienced during this radio row out in Vegas and something I've experienced at many radio rows. Yeah. But this year was worse than others. Usually there's fans there or lower-level media types who they see you with an athlete or a star and they want to like glob on and they want to try to like <laughs> steal that thunder away from yeah. you or they want to like get their attention. Now here's the thing I understand if you're like at a restaurant and you see a star and as long as they're not like face deep in their meal you want to go talk to them get a picture you know if they're sitting around hanging out fine right if you see someone on the street go talk to them fine but there's a time and a place and a way to do it. If they're in the middle of a conversation, if they're on the phone, if Walking they're eating right their off the food, set. if they're doing an interview with somebody else, don't walk up to them asking for a picture and try to stop okay. them and talk to them. I-, I
1: thought you were gonna get upset that Josh Allen uh, dapped up Drew
0: Brees. No, 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 no. Athletes <laughs> can talk to other athletes. While doing. I to say, fine. we that's encourage cool. that. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I mean, when Emmitt Smith and Adrian Peterson were mm-hmm. talking, Pretty that's cool. cool. Yeah, that's fine. I'm down with that. I'm just talking about, like fans or other people. Gotcha. Just like find the moment.
1: No, you're not wrong on that. All righty, Stu, take us home.
4: All right, so I am trying to get a Devil's Winter Classic jersey that is not available anywhere that I've looked. Yeah. I finally found it Poverty on a Poverty franchise, that's why. Uh, I know. They did make as many <laughs> as the <Rangers. laughs> I finally find it on a website that I will not name because I'm about to kind of trash them. Okay. They say it's there. I order it. And then five days later, I notice hey, it hasn't shipped yet. So I contact them. The worst. They say, oh, I'm sorry, we don't have it. Here's your refund. And here are points. The points equate to $3.33. So thank you for the uh, extra $3.33 for my uh, trouble, unnamed company.
1: What can $3.33 buy website you Absolutely
4: nothing. Doesn't even buy you a bottle no. of water. Or a cup of coffee. <laughs> but <laughs> they at least places.
1: refunded you for what they the jersey me, was. They refunded me, yes. And they gave I... you a $3.33 coupon, basically. Yes. They didn't even cover the taxes.
4: Yeah, seriously. You're right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. This is Zach Gelb's show on CBS Sports Radio. Big thanks to Bonta Hill. Big thanks to Steve Spagnolo spags four-time super bowl champion for stopping by earlier in the show we will uh, be back tomorrow on a friday that's not a football friday but we'll probably talk a lot of football at 3 p.m eastern noon pacific this is depressing football's over man life sucks we're gonna talk about the all-star game Woo-hoo-hoo! gonna be fun 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 uh back tomorrow thanks so much everybody we out
0: bye peace